0: Welcome, everybody. I am Leo Brady, the inside man, here with my good friend, my co host, the wild card. Everybody knows him. He's Charles Ganey. And whatever you do, don't sell that cow because this is Scene Stealers. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I forgot about that stupid line. <laughs> oh, man. So we have a, a pretty good one today. This is uh, an older, older film, 1967's Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, yeah, a, a
0: classic
1: Charles a classic a classic uh, for, uh, We'll talk about it. But for some reason, like this couple just like captivated uh, people around the nation, like in real life. And then when the film came out, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to think about. Oh, uh, it's great.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, you know, I think I saw this movie I think I saw of course the movie we're talking about is Bonnie and Clyde uh, I think I saw this movie in my Loris College um, world cinema class this was a, so so, like that sort of tells you how this movie is viewed by like professors and people of, of higher education and cinema this is a, a pretty legendary movie it has made its Impact it has left its mark in the history of cinema, and uh, again, don't want to dive too much in before we start talking about it more. But uh, I like this movie a lot,
1: yeah. I agree. So, I agree.
0: um, so, uh, what's going on with you? How,
1: how is everything on your end? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm growing this, I got a mustache. If, uh, those who are listening, uh, the inside man here has got a dirty, <laughs> dirty mustache. He's wearing
0: in honor of the
1: Mario movie. So,
0: which I saw with my son, and he loved it. He loved it. You know, it's 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 a movie that's sort of you know kind of like hard to critique. It's definitely for kids, and that movie is my family. We found it to be a lot of fun. We made a whole outing of it. And that's why I have this uh, very hilarious Mario mustache. How is uh, baby duty? You're on full daddy, daddy daycare all the time, man. How's it going? Full daddy daycare. I'm loving it, man.
1: I'm back to work. Uh, don't get to, don't get to watch as many uh, movies or sports that I'd like to. Com- almost completely missed the. I mean, I followed it, but almost completely missed March Madness. Um, first time I didn't fill out a bracket in, like, 30 years. Uh,
0: it's just, uh, there's a lot going on, so, but I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, it's good, man. It's, has she spit up on you yet or anything, uh, anything fun? Every day. She, she (laughs) poops on me often, so. I'm, I'm
1: her favorite spot to poop on, poop, so.
0: Man, I, would, I it was the other way around for me and Christina. Christina was the one who got hit with everything. Any type of pr- projectile was going towards Christina. For some reason, Lucas was just like, "Dad, I'm going to I'm going to treat you good. I'm not going to do that." <laughs> so I got lucky on that one. That's funny so uh,
1: mine and yours for the audience. We went to Loris College in Iowa and uh I uh, I recently got a new shirt when me and Leo visited there. And, I, and I've worn that shirt multiple times since. Every single time I wore that, I either get, like, a blowout <laughs> diaper, and all those parents will know that is, it comes out of my shirt, and then, like, multiple spit-ups. So she clearly is not going to go to Laura's.
0: Uh, no, I don't think that's what it means. I, I mean... Hey man, that's what, she's just making you work extra hard, man. <laughs> no, she. <laughs> she <hates Lawrence. laughs> ah, that's great. Well, yeah, everything else is good though, man. That's good. It's good to hear. The uh, you sound like you're back in the groove a little
1: bit. I am, man. I am, I am, yeah. I am. So
0: yeah. we're getting
1: into a groove, a routine. So uh, we're getting there. It's it's fun. It's hard, but you know, yeah. Well, good, you know the man. drill. Um, yeah. You want to get to it? You want to get into our vault?
0: Yeah, let's talk some movies, man. Let's talk movies in the vault. Uh, my first one, uh, I'm going to be going into the vault of a movie that um, uh, Charles knows, a good buddy of mine. A good buddy of mine said he couldn't believe that this was the first time I was finally seeing this movie. Um And I'm talking about 2012's *The Bourne Legacy*, which was, which fans of these movies will know it as the non Matt Damon one. This is the one with Jeremy Jeremy Renner in the lead. And you know, this is such a this movie kind of fascinated me because not because I think it was good. It's kind of one of those movies where. I'll tell I'll tell our listeners off the bat. I wouldn't recommend it, but obviously if you're a born identity Jason Bourne movie completist, you will want to see this movie um just to sort of like see where it fits in the series. It's directed by Tony Gilroy, a director that like honestly, he's an amazing writer and he made probably one of the like greatest dialogue-heavy, centered movies in Michael Clayton. Um, and he, so it's directed by Tony Gilroy. He wrote all the screenplays for the Bourne movies. Uh, but this movie takes such an odd shift away from what the Jason Bourne movies were, where those were movies about, like, trained assassins, trained, like, in you know, military men who were basically created into human human robots people who had like no feelings no emotions and could easily like take out targets without a care this movie like veers away from that and makes it this story about how a bunch of these soldiers have been like under medical testing and taking like uh testing of drugs to like make them super soldiers and it and like it very much feels like like a Captain America movie, <laughs> you know, like it was just like I didn't I didn't really understand why it was going in that direction. Um and it's again, like I said, it's fascinating to me because it's got this killer cast of Rachel Weiss, Ed Norton, um uh Jeremy Renner, Stacy Keach, Scott Glenn, like uh you know, that that like right there alone is enough ammo for you to like be thrilled by it, but I just, the whole movie was very, like, the whole first hour was boring, and the movie does not get to the fun action stuff till much later, and at that time, I kind of was like, you know, kind of like, ah, this isn't really working for me, you definitely notice that Matt Damon's not there, they mention Jason Bourne's name, like, hundreds of times, so it's like, definitely within this universe, but... It, it's it's sort of a semi-recommend from me because I think anybody who wants to see movies like this or, or you know, kind of, like, has to finish watching all the Bourne movies, you're going to watch it no matter what. It really is by far one of the weakest of the Bourne movies. And Jeremy Renner's fine, but uh, I didn't love it. Indeed. <laughs> so is that a no-recommend? I, I mean, I, I, again, I think it's a. I think it's a no recommend. For, like, if you are somebody who hasn't watched any of the Born movies, you are going to be totally bo- bo- like bored by this. Like, you're going to be wishing it moved quicker. The dialogue's fine. Like, honestly, if this movie didn't have the cast that it has, it would be even worse. It's it, it sort of survives off of good performances by Ed Norton and Rachel Vice. And um, yeah, I think that's like a. Don't recommend, but recommend for those who need to finish the Bourne movies. That's it. Yeah, that's I've
1: it. the I, I watched the rest of the Bournes. I've not watched this. Okay, uh, and I do not need to finish.
0: So, uh, interesting. Yeah. Like, like, and and it's uh it's available on Netflix right now. Um, I don't know how much longer it's going to be on Netflix, but you know, it felt again. It was a two hour movie felt every minute of its two hours. There's some cool action sequences, but really nothing compared to what we got in those first three Jason Bourne movies. So, you're not missing much. Okay. Yeah.
1: Fair enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, nice job. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. I, uh, during this uh, whirlwind uh, new baby when I have, uh, you know, when, when I'm up, uh, feeding the baby, I'll sneak in some movies, some TV. And one of the movies that I snuck in in the last month or so was uh, Netflix. You people. Uh, it's directed by Kenya Barris, uh, maker of uh, Blackish. Um, it's uh, starring Jonah Hill, Lauren London, uh, Eddie Murphy. And uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, notably Neil Long and David Duchovny, it's pretty good cast. Um,
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's pretty much about like uh, this uh, new interracial couple, Jonah Hill and Lauren London. They get together, and um, they you know both sides of their family and friends are surprised by their pick, and then also not very welcoming of their pick um and on one side it's intentional uh with like Lord London's dad and Eddie Murphy and Neil Long and then on the on Donna Hills side it's uh quote unquote unintentional uh it, it's uh they they think that they're being unintentional about it but right you know we can get in a whole different conversation about uh, about that, so uh, yeah, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, I get. It. Yeah, yeah, but like on the other side, well, it's intentional from Eddie because Eddie is like does does not want this; he's pushing him off. Right, and Neil Young is kind of I think middle of the road, just look kind of like David Duchovny. Uh But you know, anyways, it, it's a uh, it's interesting. I heard a lot of negative reviews about this. Uh, I think it's it's dim near It's so it's like. I feel like it's kind of impossible to, like, not have a little be a little bit funny just with the characters that are in this movie. I mean, you have Eddie, period. Right, right. That's Eddie, period. Like, there's going to be funny moments. You got Julia Louis-Dreyfus, period. There's going to be funny moments. Right. Tony Hill, there's going to be funny moments. But damn it, if they didn't, like, lowball the funny moments a little bit in this, like, they, it, it, I feel like it could have been a lot better on that end. Yeah. However, like... I don't know. I mean, there, we can get into a long list of what people think are the issues here. Right. I think in general, like, it's fairly realistic uh, as far as, like, how um, families would react in this situation. And yeah. come from an interracial relationship. Right. I feel right. like it and kind of been and seen both worlds. Uh, like course, I feel like I can speak pretty yeah yeah, yeah. about this uh, I feel like it's very fairly accurate about how people uh, react would react in this situation or speak in this situation so right um, I think it's good on that part I don't know there's just something missing in it um, and I think there, I've seen people say that like Lauren London and Jonah don't have the best chemistry, but I I think there are moments where I think they do. Like uh, there are moments where, I, I don't know, it, and it's not completely. My first thought was that it's not believable, but I mean, look at Hollywood. There's a, a bunch of <laughs> very good-looking women uh, right. dating or married to uh, lesser-looking guys that are making them <laughs> right. So um, right. I don't know. I can't. I can't really speak to what exactly it is. Like, I, I think there's a lot that's good about it. I think maybe, like, I wish they, they could have dialed up the actual funny a little bit more. There's a lot of parts where I think they were trying, uh, where they were, like, being funny from, a, from like, a racist point of view. Yeah. And I didn't think that was funny. Uh, right. So, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot that they could have done here that was, uh, w- was better. Something's missing. I think people should see it. Um, I don't think it's as bad as everybody says it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on the same, I'm not entirely on the same page with you. Um, in terms of it, uh, yeah, I, I had an awful time of like finding it believable, but I also can't speak to it as well. Uh, in terms of the experiences of the, of the characters, but going, but going back to your like your about the chemistry between the two of them. I kind of, I definitely agree with you a a little bit where I think the two of them had moments of good chemistry, but I think what a lot of people are talking about is that this report came out that basically they had two stand-ins for all the kissing scenes between the two of them because they wouldn't kiss each other. Because oh, she didn't really? want, yeah, because she didn't want to kiss Jonah Hill. Something along that lines. So, like, the last kiss of the movie is, like, a cgi to kiss of, oh. like, so it's, like, so that is, who, like.
1: Who knows the reasoning for that? She obviously, like, just right. lost a partner a couple of years ago, so. You Correct, know, you yeah. Know, I don't know if that's that, part of it or
0: not. That's. But. That that could be yeah so but um for me yeah I mean it was like it, I, I'm with you on it not being funny enough like it felt like very much missed opportunities of being absolutely hilarious movie and really working off of Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy working together um yeah man it just it just started sort of like wear on me and and I found it to sort of I thought the movie was too long it's almost two hours. Um and so the, the, and, the, and and
1: wait, you said it weird on you right like what, what part of yeah. it weird on you because the part that weird on me is like the insensitive comments without yeah movie, right well Correct. I can tell you I can tell you that from for from I've met a yeah. million women like the women uh, right uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is that make those comments right and they don't realize that they're making those comments like totally. the thing that wears on you in the movie and it's it's like, it's like exhausting. Yeah. But it's real. Yes. like I've seen I've right. a million uh, women and men like that.
0: So. Yeah, c- correct. Yeah, and, and I don't think like I don't think like the the movie fails on like acknowledging that people like that exist. But I just think it's like I think like when you're seeing it consistently over and over and over within the that two hours, right? You're you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
1: like okay,
0: you're get it. yeah, 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 you're like you get it. I, we can move on now, or at least like. I don't know. You you want these, these these characters to sort of be more than just their insensitivities and their inability to like see how ridiculous they sound with the things that they say to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, and and totally bigoted agree. and all of those things. Like totally agree. Totally yeah.
1: All right. Well, you ready to crack the safe and get into the, the, uh, the main feature? The the bank robbing Bonnie and Clyde.
0: The the Barrow Gang.
1: The Barrow Gang.
0: The bar- um,
1: We're the Barrow Gang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so like, uh, you know, everybody's heard these two names. They're like infamous Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, They're real life characters. Uh, who were brought to life here by Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. Uh, This is directed by Arthur Penn. Uh, And, I mean, like, you also have a legendary Gene Hackman in this movie. uh, (laughs) He's so good. And a legendary Gene Wilder in this movie. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That scene is excellent. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty good cast. Obviously, the main two... Um we're honored a few years ago at the Oscars uh, during the little mix up that we had. So <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it's it, what was your what were your initial thoughts? What was the first time you watched this movie? You said you watched it uh back
0: in the day. Yeah, back in college the first time I saw it was at my um uh history of cinema class. Um it it's funny um this was a good rewatch for me because it had been a while since I'd seen it and I, and I didn't really remember it as much. And I think my initial thought, like before I hit play, was I don't know if this movie's as good as they said it was, or I don't know if this movie's as, you know, legendary or great, and who knows how well it'll hold up because, you know, this movie doesn't, you know, it, it, it's from 1967. How could it still be suspenseful? Um I was I was kind of blown away after the fact of how good this movie is because because while you're watching it there's a lot of different sort of themes and conversations that could be had about these characters and about what's going on right there's subtext there's a lot of subtext but subtext. a lot of subtext but um but it visually it's like groundbreaking at the moment, at the time, it was visually groundbreaking. It won the Oscar for best cinematography. Um, it also, God, I'm like just seeing that now that Estelle Parsons won the Oscar for best supporting actress in this, which is shocking, honestly, to me. Um, really? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Awesome. I'm, I was looking at something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's got this like, it really does have just such a raw look to it it's really hard to sort of quantify just everything about it. It's got texture, you know, hats and clothing, the cars, you know, the, the, like the cars are awesome. The, the dirt roads, the way that they film it in terms of like, clearly when there's the shots of them in the car, you know, it's this backdrop look. I love that. that. That's kind of like, that's very intentional. And, and there's, it's just this amazing view of landscape, but also it's sort of the story we talk about like heist movies and a lot of how these movies are the characters in these heist movies become like anti heroes or people we sort of can relate to. And this is the movie that kind of starts all of that in a way, right? Like, it's like these two were like, Celebrated, and this movie does a great job of showing how they became heroes to people because they were fighting back against the banks and they were fighting back against sort of society that was seemed to pushing them down. Right? Uh, yeah, I was gonna get to that
1: because that is a big, like, as a big part of like their journey is, uh and the, the there's one specific part where they like dial in on that. Well, there's a few parts they talk about. The issue with the, the, the there's that part where they run into those people that the, the, like the house is taken from the bank and they're shooting at the house and they're like doing it with the other guys they are shooting at the house. And it's just so it is a moment that they're like focusing on, in on. But there's another moment there when they're in. It's like one, it's one of the first bank robberies that they do. Uh, and there, there's a guy sitting at the counter with his money out clearly from him. And Clyde's like, is that your money or the bank's money? He's like, it's my money. He was like, okay, take it. Yeah. Keep your money. I want the bank's money. <laughs> right. And like, you would get that a lot over the last, like, 50 years, About more along the lines of, like, don't worry, we're not taking your money. Your money's insured. We're taking the bank's money. Like, stuff like right. that. But the, this is, like, different. And they basically became, uh, like, man and woman of the people, you know? Right.
0: Right. And, and, and I think, like, too, the, the film sort of does this amazing job of making sure that we see that that, like everything around them is kind of desolate and like kind of run down, I guess is the way to describe it. Like you talk about that scene, there's nobody in the house. It's an abandoned house taken by the bank that, you know, the the movie often talks about what is behind them versus what's ahead of them. You know, they're, they don't know, you know, uh, Bonnie's character, she misses her mom and they, you know, find a a moment. This is sort of before all the heats on them and her family is not really able to relate with her because they're sort of struggling in their own different ways and they think like they're not necessarily against, entirely against what Bonnie and Clyde are doing, but yet they there's disconnect. Bonnie doesn't want to go back to what's there for her. And Clyde has nothing to go back to. So there's kind of like this. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird.
0: There's disillusion. It's a, there's disillusionment like between like what they dream of versus what's reality. Yep. Um, this is a completely different
1: time, right? This is where like, you know, uh, Bonnie and Clyde and John Dillinger the people are just like openly taking banks. People right. know who they are; they're celebrities because of it, uh, but also they're still get to get away with it. And you know, they're talking to their families openly. Most of them are okay with it. Like right. both of them are excited about the attention. It's it's a weird it's a weird time. This is the twenties and the thirties. I think in this moment it's the early twenties to start, and then I think it fast forwards like late twenties. Cause I think they even I thought they even mentioned Dillinger and crew, but I could, could be, could be wrong on that. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's sort of when we talk about it from a heist angle, like heist movies, the heisting is very casual. Like there is no, this is and just,
1: reckless. And, reckless. and
0: reckless. This is just like, this is a stick up, put your hands up, give us your money.
1: Yeah, like base covers. This is like, if they did this today, they would be caught
0: in like zero (laughs) point two seconds. Exactly. I mean, and it and it's really just a matter of uh, of time before before almost like everything is going to catch up to them. But while they're doing it, the movie makes sure to like kind of keep an angle that it's. Again, I'm tentative to use the word fun, but it's like they're clearly living some sort of like ecstasy, some sort of excitement of life. They're getting more out of life doing what they're doing than versus what that's sort of what I'm going back to. Like they're getting more out of the bank robbing in life than they even would by living life without robbing banks. (laughs) Like, you know, so I think like that's like one of the major sort of points of it. It's like that they're the characters all sort of see themselves as Unable to do anything other than what they're doing, they they don't want to go back to working a job or or, you know a dead end job. They don't want to go back to you know whatever it is their home life used to be. They want more, and robbing banks gives them that kind of excitement, right?
1: Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, this is this is is, it's very well done again. So I saw ten. Academy Award nominations, two wins. uh, Pretty. It it was thought of pretty highly uh, in that moment. And I saw this when I was a teenager, I believe. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, and uh, didn't remember a ton of it, but it was a really good rewatch for me. Um,
0: Same. Like, well, one matter. One matter of the movie that, like, I definitely didn't pick up on the first watching was the sort of entire concept of, like, sexual repression, right? Like, I was like, wow. Same, same. I, I was know, like, I, I, I yeah. did not remember that. Like, I think, like, the romantic in me rose-colored glasses that I maybe saw this movie was that Bonnie and Clyde were all over each other and they they loved each other. But, like, this movie is very much, like, sort of, we talked about the subtext, has, this, has these undertones that... Bonnie is sort of wanting to have sex with him, with Clyde, but Clyde is very like timid, shy, like almost like he, again, without us seeing who his family was, what home life he came from, there is something that happened to him or he is, he is like damaged or feels damaged in many ways where he almost is too afraid to even have sex with, with her in multiple moments. And, and, and I think like that sort of, again, I think that is not, I don't think that is something that's speaking to like, uh, to whether, you know, his sexuality, if he was bisexual or if there was things of that nature, I think it speaks to the time. I think it speaks to, he was a guy who was like in prison from a young age to the point where he doesn't even know how to approach something like that. Or he, possibly he grew up in like a religious family that told him never to do that. You know, like there, there is yeah, there's, there's under something and they don't really say, I, I think like my initial thought
1: was like, it's, it's really hard to tell because like, he seems like he wants to, and then he can't. You yeah. Know I mean, but then actually, so I read up on them afterwards and like one of the things that they said is when he was in jail, uh, before this for armed robbery, he was abused quite a bit in way okay. jail. So, wow, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine that that could speak to it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it's it's uh, interesting. They don't say anything about it, but it's very clear when you yeah. watch it today. Um, yeah, the plot's pretty simple. You know, yeah. like the, the the first half of the movie is. I mean, most of the movie is like them on the run, but like. I, I found like the first part of this pretty, pretty interesting. Where he's going to steal uh, Bonnie's uh, Bonnie's grandmother's car. She catches him, but is like not mad. She's like turned on, right? Uh, and then she comes down, and then like it's just like classic. Uh, you know, you know they always say uh, women want the the bad boys, and she like immediately goes with him. It is the relationship between uh, my first thought in this is like, not only these two are toxic as hell. Uh.
0: <laughs> What's it like? What you mean, prison? No.
1: Armed robbery. It ain't like anything. She. I knew you'd
0: robbed a place, you faker.
1: <laughs> because because Bonnie is manipulative, Clyde is manipulative. Bonnie wants him to do the bad things but doesn't want like to be a part of it right away. Right. And then he is like trying to talk his way into her staying with him and because no other guy can see see her like he does and Right. And then she forces him to use his gun and rob a place. It's <sighs> it is like the picture of a toxic relationship. And it's funny. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've heard a lot. Like, you know, that's what I think of whenever everybody, like, I've seen a few things where, where couples call themselves Bonnie and Clyde. It's not a, it's not a good thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> right right well, and, and that's what I'm saying, like that's like why it's like they're the they're the like penultimate anti heroes like they were like the beginning of that, and it's like you're not supposed to think that they're cool, but they they but they're like their personas and their their legend, the legend of the two of them has just been cemented everywhere, yeah, it is like. And even in the moment, uh,
1: in this movie, like, their legend brings more than what they want to bring. And I think, like, so for, let's start by, like, they start building the crew by bringing, uh, they bring in, hold on. They bring in my man C.W. C- C.W., yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just thinking of that. Okay, so Michael J. Pollard plays C.W. Moss. Uh, they they pull up for, for a gas station to, to, like, a shop to get their car fixed. He fixes the car easy. He looks like he's sexually attracted to, to uh, Bonnie. Right. They pick up on it and then, like, invite him to go log. I thought that's how it seemed like he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they used that and manipulated him to come along because back in the 20s, I mean, you're going to need, like, cars were fairly new at that time. So, like, they right. are going to be wor- worked on a lot. So, to me, like, that's pretty smart to get somebody who can work on the cars to go along with them as they're stealing them and
0: and pulling the job so right, right. yeah and and, and it, like he, he very much is a character that's like a simpleton he is he's, sure. not, he's not the brightest crayon in the box he is you know he, they can manipulate basically yeah somebody that they can take advantage of and and in many ways get somebody to in in to be, like, their hero worshiper, somebody who looks up to them. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, let's, talk,
1: let's talk about some of the jobs here, because, be, actually, before they get to CW, they try to rob a bank. Um, like He does. Yeah, uh, Clyde does. He gets out, by the way, really nervous, <laughs> shaky, hasn't done it before, uh, and he he, like craps his pants as he going in there and, and like he says I'm taking all your money and then the guy's like we've been closed man like look around <laughs> the bank had been closed and he's like come out and tell my uh, tell my girl that and Bonnie's like cracking up she thinks it's hilarious like what are we doing right. this is the first one right. uh, they also robbed a couple grocery stores Clyde got into it with one guy and like knocked him hit him over the head with the barrel of the gun and this is like the contrast between the beginning and the end because Clyde is so broken up about the fact that he had to like pistol with this dude he's like I don't want to hurt him this isn't between me and him uh, right. he was trying to get his groceries so like one didn't know how to do it very like scary about hurting anybody uh, and then like you fast forward to the end and they're like heart like cold blooded killers and uh, it's it's crazy I think my favorite one is uh, when they first bring CW along this motherfucker uh, parallel parks into the (laughs) side of the bank it's not out in front of the bank so when they come out the car is nowhere to be found this is actually what starts like everything like like falling out of place because they end up because he does this parks off to the side (laughs) Uh, like trying not to get a ticket or whatever. He, they, like, <laughs> they end up. He ends up having to, Clyde kill somebody, and then they're off, and cops are after him. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And 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 I have to say, uh, I like to pride myself on my parallel parking abilities. Uh, CW is a very good parallel parker. He does a good I job agree. getting getting in and out of that spot, but. I... It's not, not it point. well i was gonna say charles like when it, when we get to our archetypes about talking about drivers he is not making the list
1: <laughs> he is not, he's not making the list no um uh, hilarious yeah uh, and then the next then the rest of the barrel gang they bring in is his brother buck barrel that's gene hackman uh and and uh buck's wife uh, Estelle Parsons plays Bl- Blanche, and but I mean, this is <sighs> interesting. It's just interesting to see Gene Hackman in this role because Buck's a wild boy. Buck's a, like uh, reckless, like even more reckless than Clyde, I think. Like, right? Uh, and they get together, and Blanche is like this stuck-up, uh, lovely <sighs> girl that uh, Buck married, and, and she thinks she's better than everybody. It's kind of funny. It's a funny like balance between the all the, everyone yeah
0: i mean like honestly estelle parsons character is you you kind of love to hate her kind of performance where it's like yeah. where it's like this there's scenes where where blanche and bonnie are like going at it and shooting yeah. i mean excuse me that's some of the best like character work like character dynamics you see them shooting daggers of stares at each other and, and like, just things that, that happen that piss off Bonnie and that straight up piss off you as the viewer. That you're just yeah, like, man. you're like, really? Is she about to ask for, like, her cut? Like, I was just about
1: <laughs> to say that part.
0: Oh, my God.
1: was after one of their first big takes as a group. Yeah. Because uh, first they weren't going to uh, – Brock and Blanche were going to join them and then they just – Happen to be in it. They take it. Blanche asked for her take, but she didn't do anything, and she didn't want to do anything. <laughs> but like so they end up giving it to her, and you said talking about the daggers back and forth are hilarious. But like <laughs> I talked about it with my wife and afterwards we thought about it, and she's not wrong, like for asking for the cut because she is putting her life on the line too for being there with both. Interesting, yeah. So she's not wrong. She maybe she gets like a half a cut because she didn't do shit. Right, but like she, her life is on the line, so she's not wrong for asking. She's just wrong for asking for a full cut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, that's true. Yeah, that is that's a very perceptive and and the right way to put it. Honestly, uh, but it is too funny though, and it's funny
1: because Clyde didn't really want to say much and irritate his wife, and Buck didn't want to say much and irritate his wife, and. <laughs> So it was pretty It was pretty funny. Right, right. One of the things that I, like, it's, it's notable, we talked about the legend of Bonnie and Clyde, right? So, Yeah. I mean, like, I guess we talk about it. What is it about these two that, like, captured everybody's imagination back then? Is it the fact that they're, like, they're a young couple together, man and woman, and it wasn't just, like, a, a gang of men? Um... It wasn't that they were, like... The pictures that they took that they, that got, like, caught... Was it the... Was it the poem writing, which we'll get to from... Yeah. Um, from Bonnie? What is it? Because, like, it's kind of crazy how much they, they were legend at that time and at this time. Because I say legend at that time because the big thing that is notable in the movie and in real life is that the cops hang a bunch of robberies on them that they didn't do. Because they had done some, but they weren't like, they didn't have a lot of money. Right. But they were hanging these robberies on them that like these bank robberies that they couldn't, they didn't know who did it. So
0: they just put it on Bonnie and Clyde. Right. But what
1: was it? Is it about them?
0: That, you know, that's really uh an interesting question. I mean, honestly, I think the answer to all of it is yes. Well, you know what I mean? To like sort of the little things that you said there. I mean, the, the pictures that they took, you know, for the time pe- period were putting their thumbs up at, police officers that didn't want in any way, shape or form to be viewed as not able to stop the guy and not able to protect banks and protect money that's being stolen. Um, But I also think too, again, I go back to that sort of crucial point that they make about the house being abandoned and the banks stealing, you know, taking people's money is this is a time during like droughts and, Dust bowls, And it's, you know, in many ways right before the, you know, uh, between, you know, booms of gold and oil in different parts of the United States. So I think like I think that there's there's a perception throughout the United States of America that these are people for the people, you know, yeah. that these are these are people doing doing things you know, in spite of the times and, and sort of able to say, now, again, there's, that it it does come from, (laughs) does come from a place of privilege of what they're able to achieve as bank robbers, right? But I think, um, yeah, I think, I think that speaks to a lot of it. I think like there, it was certainly a time period when people were genuinely miserable, right? Like, money, it was hard to come by and, and the world was definitely changing. Automobiles were new and things were starting to be better, but people were just living in slums, Hoovervilles and, and, and things that, that were not comfy or places that people wanted to live. And so people saw them as, you know, the, the, the ones going against the man at the time. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, and then even obviously they made a movie about it, and like still today, people when you're talking about like if if a man and woman like couple are together and they're being rebels, what do they call themselves, Bonnie and Clyde?
0: You know what I mean? It's right. It's
1: it's it's so interesting. Um,
0: Yeah, and, and and I think like I think this movie, you know, director Arthur Penn, you know, it's produced by Beatty. I wouldn't be surprised if Beatty pretty much had his hands all over the making of this. (laughs) He probably should have directed it on his own, honestly. Um, But um, the two of them, Beatty and, and Faye Dunaway are very much sort of synonymous with, you know, with those characters. Like when you hear Bonnie and Clyde, you think of Faye Dunaway and, and Warren Beatty and, and this movie for them cemented, you know, two careers that, that, at a point of the Oscar history, they bring them back to open up the best picture envelope. And I I think it's a movie of that type of magnitude. And um, it just speaks to it Uh, outside of the fact that like what we're talking about today is where it does hold up. It holds up as this sort of story, universal story. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a great, you know, middle, middle of the movie there, um, like what we're talking about, where they kind of are starting to hang robberies on them, the sheriff that's chasing them, like, catch, kind of catches them hanging out with the gang and tries to approach them, but doesn't successfully get them. Right. Uh, in real life, or, so like, and that's where they take a picture with the sheriff, which is a famous picture. Um, in real life, I saw that like, uh, where the pictures in the poem were that in the movie, they, they like send the, the poem that Bonnie writes to the, to the police. Um, and in, in real life, apparently they, they, had one of the, it was one of these times where they like broke in on them and shot, shot at them. And they left a bunch of guns and everything behind. And they left the pictures and the poems behind. So uh, I see interesting. And that's when it came out in the paper. And I think that's, uh, what obviously helped them blow up, but right, right, right. Um,
0: but it gets pretty destitute at the end there, man. Like the ending's intense. The last like the last like hour th- 30 minutes is like absolutely thrilling and in some ways painful to watch. Like their fight to survive, to keep going is like it's relentless and it's it's sort of You know, uh, tough to swallow. Honestly, like it's kind of like this ending that is tragic. Yeah, it's it's relentless,
1: but like I think for the reason because they don't know. I mean, they know what's coming, right? They don't want to. Clyde doesn't want to go back for jail for the reasons we stated earlier. Like the rest of them, like they're like, you know, we've went this far. Like, might as well see if we can't get out of it. You know, the one thing I, like, I don't know that I necessarily felt bad for them, you know, because uh, they were, you know, anti-hero at all. But, like, I don't know. I mean, there are definitely points where they they were just being pretty reckless and killing people. Right. Um, and they I think they tried to make you feel bad for Bonnie a few times when they, like... She's talking about going home. I'm like, Bonnie, you don't want to be home. Bonnie, you want to be on the streets. Right. <laughs> you, you want to be doing dirt. Like, uh, She just didn't want to go home because at that point, they'd just been on the run for so long. Um, so I'm just like,
0: what do you want, Bonnie? That, that, that's her <laughs> own exhaustion setting in, right? Yeah, she, yeah, she's yeah. just tired of doing that. For yeah, sure. I mean, what, what, I wondered what you thought about, like, sort of the – outside forces that come in because like, I think the movie does a really good job of sort of like separating them from characters and they're in a different element when other people are around them. And it, and it almost feels like to me that they should have just gone solo the whole time. Like, I I think they survive much longer and live longer and, you know, get away with even more if they just eliminate his brother and Blanche and CW, CW yeah. and like, and then like, and then the scene with Gene Wilder and the scene with like, like that is the recklessness. I think the recklessness is, we always talk about that is like how many people you involve, the yeah. more people you involve, the more opportunities are for your downfall. And, and they, they seem to have things going well without, without, Anybody else around them? I don't think I don't think you can ever trust. You know, it's hard to trust, yeah, and that's I what agree. it's that's, about. This is one of the early
1: lessons in, in like, if if <laughs> if uh, if these people aren't vetted and aren't ready to go, uh, leave them leave them alone. You handle it on your own.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, and it's not like again, th- this is a time where the stealing and the thieving is easier, right? Like. Yep. There, there's not a lot of safes to crack. There's not a lot of, there's not high high tech security like last week on entrapment. This is like this is bare bones stuff, uh, which I love. It's why I love like why we're talking about it because I think it sort of speaks to a entirely different kind of bank robbery and and lifestyle of being. Rebels on the run, you know?
1: And they were also, like, screaming their name. Like, Buck Barrel was like, There's a barrel game. Fire barrel Buck Barrel. <laughs> you write that down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, you're right. Easy way to get themselves killed. If they just worn masks, if <laughs> they just worn masks and didn't
0: say their name everywhere they went, like,
1: they might Maybe. Have been okay.
0: Yeah. Well and so like the movie's sort of finale is an interesting sort of dynamic where CW is not like them. He is he is sort of he is unable to like ever be bigger than what the two of them are. And so when he finally goes back home, you're thinking like, "Oh, this his dad's nice and this is a situation where they're going to be protected and taken care of and as we typically find out it's like those one moments where you start to trust others where you start to believe that like people will be good to you in those moments you you better keep your eye open because there's somebody waiting to double cross you
1: Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> always. always. Yeah. yeah, it's a
0: good call. Yeah, it's a good call.
1: Uh, it's a, the Indians. Interesting. CW's dad is the one that sets him up, and this is that famous shot or that like that famous like shot of the car where they like basically are sitting there and blow it to smithereens. And it's a really and, cool shot that they do through the through the shot at the police. Um, that like you know the bullet hole, bullet ridden car at the police as they're like looking into the car, and everybody's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, um, it's it's uh I it, I don't know it's it's a it's a great little scene there. You know, I would say this is an old film, but like it, it's pretty cool the way they shot it and the way they handled it. So
0: one hundred percent, the cinematography uh, was the, the Oscar was won uh, by let me get his name, uh, Burnett Guffey. Um, Guffey. Burnett, Guffey, um, he, the, you know, uh, I think like the, the cinematography at the time was groundbreaking from what I remember, like from what I remember them talking about the final sequence where it's like quick zoom. It's like, it's like a big moment of editing and cinematography where it's like yeah. quick zoom to their faces and like absolute stunned and shock to like a moment where, you know, for 1967, you weren't really going to see a movie where people's bodies were getting shot up like that. Yeah. And I, and like and it, it's intense and it's just kind of like this. I I was really holding my breath in that moment. Again, this is a movie I knew what was going to happen and I've already seen it. I knew what was going on. And you know I. going look like? Yeah. yeah. And I still was like, wow, like that. Yeah. Was amazing. <laughs> like it's just amazing. It's an amazing sort of piece of, of cinema. It is. Yep, I agree. I yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, it's very well done.
1: I think the the whole thing was handled, uh, handled with care. Like the whole thing is, I think, done really well. The story, even though it is a simple plot, it, it's still like pretty good. And I think, like, I mean, I love. I would love to see more heist and robbery movies get ten Oscar nominations. And, <laughs>
0: I Maybe agree. It be
1: doing much better. Those
0: <laughs> <the games. laughs> yeah, man, we we couldn't seem to push ambulance over uh, over yeah, the no, mark.
1: No, 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 no nominations there.
0: <laughs> no nominations there. But uh, uh, hey, w- one last question before we start to wrap up. What do you think of the two of them? What do you think of Beatty and Fair uh, and uh, Faye Dunaway?
1: Um, I think they were great in it. I think, you know. I might. This might be a hot take, but I do think there were some moments where where was doing a little too much, <laughs> <laughs>
0: trying try a little too hard.
1: Man, he was doing a little too much. He was doing. Playing a little too troubled of a person, but right, right. Uh, I think F- Faye Dunaway killed it. I think she was great in it. Uh, I think they're both great in it. But I just, you know, I, sometimes, sometimes you get a, uh, an actor running a little too hot in the movie. I think <laughs> where he was doing that.
0: So. I, I actually think I agree with you on. that. I think we're on the same page here. I think she is like stunning and fascinating to watch, and you're kind of like glued to her. And he's cool. He's playing it all cool. But there's like a side to him that's a little bit, not cheesy, but like, you're just like, come on, man. You're not this cool. Like You're You're just
1: like overplaying it a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's that's what That's okay. It's not like a terrible thing. It happens. No. Again,
0: I think that's within the character. I don't think that's, you know. Yeah. Agree. Agreed. Agreed. want to get to
1: our fall guy here where uh me and me and leo decide what what didn't work for us in this movie so yeah
0: uh you wanna you wanna go yeah uh my fall guys all right i got two guys man my man cw and blanche get out (laughs) get out the car don't don't be a part of it if you're not gonna be if you're not gonna be loyal. That that's all I gotta say. The two of them, like there comes a point where you're like, why do they not just cut these guys loose at a certain point? And for me, uh yeah, I'm kind of shocked that Estelle Parsons has has won the Oscar for this. I think her performance is. It's pretty great, but like it's also grating, and you're just like, oh my god, get her out of the car! So that is my fall guy this week. My fall guy is just the two of them the parallel parking, the complaining. If you're not all in, don't be in, be a part of the barrel, but the barrel gang.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. I like that. <laughs> uh,
0: my fall guy is uh,
1: Bonnie and Clyde's families ah uh, so Clyde's family what you, what you see of him is it, them uh, maybe you see the uh, more later but Buck Barrow you know came to visit him gotten in jail with him gotten put in jail with him earlier like wasn't you could, he was kind of like joking about the fact that he killed that uh Clyde killed somebody he didn't wasn't really interested in joining and then he just once he was there when they were getting like followed by police. They were just all in immediately. Like, wow. Buck didn't really try to stop him. Uh, if you're the b- big brother in this situation and you know that he killed somebody, you don't joke about it. At the time. <laughs> you gotta stop him. Like, this is not a... This is yeah. like a real situation. Your brother's never gonna be able to come back from this. Bad big brothering. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then... And then, uh... Bonnie's family, who they met later on in the movie in a field to hang with, they were acting like nothing was going... Right, what's going on? Like, this is so cool. Like, they're like they're basically acting like these it was cool that we have these famous people here. Um, the only person that really like gave them shit was her mom. Uh, she's like, I know you're not coming back. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? But she right. also really wasn't all that mad at what they were doing. Right. Um, so what are we doing? Even <laughs> e- even even in the twenties, murder was bad. Maybe bank, maybe uh, bank robbing wasn't robbing wasn't like frowned upon as much, but cold blooded murder was. Uh, <laughs> so what are we doing? The only family member that acted appropriately is CW's dad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he he he, he faked like he was excited, and then was like, "Boy, you better get your ass inside. <laughs> I'm calling the cops." Yeah, so that's my fall guy. Bonnie and Clyde's family.
0: Nice. Good. Love it.
1: Ready for the final take where we give our final radian because we're a heist movie podcast. We work out of bags of cash. And unlike our other heist movie podcasts, we go out of five. So, All right. Uh, who's going first? first. You All go right. first. All right. Bonnie and Clyde. It's been been a while, 67 man it did not it did not age badly it's it was very well done everything about it and uh the directing the cinematography the acting like i said i wish we had a lot of um uh heist movies that got 10 oscar nominations and were this like highly regarded uh you know it's simpler than most of your heist movies but like you know, it didn't really need to be to have that extra put in the movie because the the legend of Bonnie Clyde was was all you really needed because there was a legend in real life and and, and the legend in the movie. So um, I enjoyed the whole thing. It's cool to see how the way they. It's always cool to see in these movies the way they uh, start the credits with photography and uh, some of the shots that they do back in the day. I gotta give this. I'm gonna give this four and a half packs in cash. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. It feels like it deserves a five, but I'm going four and a half. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it, um, and, and uh, it's at the top of my list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, where to begin? I am right there with what Charles said. Bonnie Clyde, 10 Oscar nominations. It, it It's the kind of movie, I, I say this a lot on this show, but it's the kind of movie we don't see enough of where the heist stuff is is just a part of it. And Bonnie and Clyde, this movie, gets the character's stuff right. There is so much depth to these characters. There's conflict, and there's they're wrestling with themselves and the things that they have to deal with in life and the decisions that they're making. Cinematography's gorgeous. It held up perfectly for me this time. I think it's just this... Very unique mixture of a heist movie of a drama. It's a lot of fun. I'm giving it five bags of cash. Oh man, That's awesome! Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, last thing I want to leave you with before we do our outro is the end, the, the end uh, part of her poem, which I, I love. I was reading it earlier. Um, uh, someday they'll go down together and they'll bury them side by side. To few, it'll be grief. To the law a relief, but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. Love it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, uh, the, the poem's pretty good. If anybody has a chance to read it, it's it's, it's pretty well done. I think that's part of the reason why they helped blow them up. But, uh, yeah, very good movie. Very cool details in real life and in the movie uh, that are
0: surrounding it. Uh, I'm glad we were able to do this one. Yeah, this is, again... These are the easy ones to do when they're this fun sure. and this this exciting and I loved it, man. Classic, sure. classic cinema, beautiful.
1: Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, as always, we're on all podcast platforms. P- please rate and review us uh, if you can. Um, we uh, next week we're going to be or in, in two weeks we're going to be doing another banger with Catch Me If You Can. We got. Uh, that's also on H- HBO Max, as well as Bonnie. Uh, this one, both Bonnie and Clyde was. And then we have our archetype message with the driver on this. And CW Moss will not be on that episode. <laughs> just, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, as always, you can get us on socials at uh, St. Steeler Pod on Instagram and. Underscore scene stealers
0: underscore on Twitter. Um, anything with a movie guy.com you got? Just uh, more and more movie reviews. My movie reviews this week, uh, you know, were Bo is Afraid, which is Ari Aster's new movie, and Mafia Mama with Tony Collette. So, yeah, so a lot of variety uh, of movies coming out, and uh, Yeah, just uh, keep listening to Scene Stealers, guys. We love doing this, and we hope uh, you guys love uh, listening to us rant and rave. One year down, many to go. Many to go. And whatever you do, son, whatever you do, don't sell the cow.